This is an attack warning. Repeat, this is an attack warning. Sign on with the devil. So, Brandon, I will start with you. What do you think about the comments? I mean, the numbers are staggering. This is going to seem really, really insensitive. We're going to need a tank. Jim, uh, why have you looked at this president and said, I, I support what he's doing? He's got us locked in a basement. Uh, Frank came to my office, asked me, first of all, he asked me for an airplane ride. So this guy's a wise guy, so I gave him an airplane ride. Like if the Titanic took like four years to sink. Rick! Sign on with the devil. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate Podcast. I am Brandon. I am joined again by Frank and Jim. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. Good. It's a new world. No, not so bad. Bright new day in America. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, All right. So... We are going to, uh, we're going to have a happier episode than the last four years. Um, this happy anniversary. This is, oh yeah, this happy, is, happy four years. We're a couple of days past it, but we are, this, we are now at the, the four year anniversary. That was a long Feel, four years. I was going to say, it feels like a lifetime. Uh, dude, it really does. Like my, if my kids hadn't been born right before like if timothy hadn't been born right after inauguration day i would be convinced that like he he should be 11 by now (laughs) (laughs) um so uh all right let's do our high points real quick i'll let uh you start off frank uh uh, mine is real simple uh uh, one of the women i work with gave me access to their disney plus account so i can finally watch disney plus again and i am super stoked nice i got a mandalorian yeah Yeah. and uh wandavision to get into to catch up on oh nice yeah jim uh yeah my baby started giggling and he hasn't stopped that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) very very it's a lot of fun to mess with him and get him laughing yeah so much better than the crying phase he's five months old now yeah that's awesome. Five and some change. Dude, they're they're so fun. Like that's the one thing that uh, Stacy and I have talked about since like our kids are now almost three and four in the next uh, thirty days. Um, is that like you you do get it does go really fucking fast. Like yeah, it goes no kidding. it goes. I was used really to him being fast. small and sleeping on my chest, and now he wants nothing to do with sleeping yeah, on my chest. Like <laughs> it's crazy because we look at back at pictures of baby timothy and baby philip and it's just like oh man they will never be that again like they will never give that much of a shit about us even (laughs) even my high point of him being like in the giggly stage like he he started like almost getting a laugh probably about a month and a half ago and it's finally got to the point where it actually sounds like a little baby giggle Nice. That's that's adorable. That is very awesome. Um, Mine is going to be fantasy hockey related. In the so we're now what three this This week three three, yeah. Um, and in the first week I faced off against you, Frank. How'd that go for you, Brandon? It went really well considering that I fucking one point lost by one One point point. and didn't Uh. set my lineup two nights that week because it was the first week. (laughs) Um, Way to be. I'll yeah. take a technical victory. I'm fine with there that. There you go. 
Um, and but I finally did secure my first win last week. Um, first of many. Um, you know we have so humble. You, yeah, you hope because COVID won the trophy last week. We have it sitting here in the studio now. Um, it my my goal is to have my name. I know your goal is to have your names on it as well. But <laughs> my would, goal for it is like for to, have it a, to not be in the yes, studio for very long. We are long. that big of fantasy league nerds. We right. actually have a trophy. So I would like for both the winner and the loser. It's actually like a golf cu- tournament well, cup too. It's fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Unlike you guys, I didn't play sports. I'm not. A very, I wasn't a very active kid. I've never had a trophy, so that's a personal goal of mine. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it, the size of the cup looks like. Uh, like the Premier League, the English Premier League trophy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's very big. I want to drink out of it, but like the real Stanley Cup or the real cup, I'm kind of worried what people have done to it. Well, I can promise you that it I, gets cleaned. I, I won that the year that Timothy was born, and so there were definitely th- Timothy has sat in that cup. All right, so I'm not drinking out of it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drink out of it. Um, so, all right, tonight's episode or today's episode, when I, you know, well, it's I, up to you. It's really, it's up to you. <laughs> um, is going to be about the inauguration i figure that's a that's a nice place to do this for your anniversary the same place that we started four years ago um with a very different speech um but i want to touch up on a couple of things that we've talked about in past episodes before we get into the episode um i know frank has a bannon update um, oh that, a sloppy steve that we're yeah yeah that we're gonna get into in a second um but uh before we do that i want to play a clip um that makes me very happy that is very much in context and related to the content of the episode my fellow americans a moment we have all been waiting for it is now my great privilege and high honor to be the first person to officially introduce the 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden, Jr. I bet he's just so happy that she didn't say, like, that she said R instead of Robinette, because Robin- that's such a goofy middle name. Yeah. I don't know where Oof. I don't know where it comes from. I'm sure that that's like family something. I, in fact, I'm almost positive uh, that, that sounds I've heard like a, that. a middle name that comes out of DC Comics. Yeah, <laughs> but that is, but yeah, that is, uh, but yeah, that's that's a nice, happy in context clip. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure. I don't know, uh, Jim. Did you listen to it live or watch it when it was happening? Uh, you were probably working. Pieces. Yeah, I know Brandon and, and I caught I, a little bit at lunch. Yeah, yeah, I had to listen to it because I was at work, so I I didn't see any of it. Yeah, I got, oh yeah, you know what? I and I did listen to the rest of it while I was working. I did get I got that to was, see the whole thing. Uh, so listening to it, I was listening through it uh, through a local, I guess NPR or whatever, and they kept talking about the fashion or uh, like what we were seeing. But mm-hmm. I like I think it's a I think radio. They were all I can't. About that. Yeah, I can't I, see anything. Guys. I was just listening to it via Biden's Facebook live feed or his presidential facebook life feed. yeah i don't know the the woman's name but the girl who did the poetry like listening to that was i think better than probably seeing it oh, just listening uh, to the words like yeah, that was really well written it was really good um okay so i want to give you your opportunity to do a bannon update now oh yeah we got to talk about pardons because yeah. the, the one of the last things trump did on out the door uh pardon a bunch of people which we saw coming a list oh, I, of a hundred something people i guess we can kind of mix the two things yeah, then, um, right should we go to the board yeah and shapiro Bring the board. 
I'm not gonna put any on the floor. Put them all on the board. Put it on the board. I don't give a damn how loud you say. You can say it loud as you want to. Loud, don't put it on the board. That's my board, dude. Put it on the board. We have to scare this thing all day long. It might as well look pleasant. All right, let's go to the board. Frank, I know you've got some stuff written down there. Yeah, so the last episode we wrote down a couple of predictions on who is going to be on this list of 100-plus people that Trump was pardoning on the way out the door. And I guess there's talk of secret pardon still that we don't know if he did. It right. Was, uh, I don't know. I'll, we'll see. But, uh, Brandon, you, you, the two names on this list do not bode well for you. No, they don't. Joe Exotic and Ghislaine Maxwell? <laughs> That's fine. That was a point that I was willing— I, Look, Vegas was against me on that one too. Like Maxwell was like, there had. I still can't believe you can bet on that stuff. <laughs> I I know that's ridiculous, right? Um, it makes they, me hang my head in shame. They had like five thousand to one odds that Maxwell would get pardoned. But again, if we want to be like, we have to. We can't pick Q. We have to pick a different. No, if we want to be P about it. <laughs> then uh, then maybe she got a secret pardon. Who yeah, knows? You still haven't proven it. Well, yeah. Here's the deal. If it's she a got shadow pardon. If she got secret. Does that sound if she, secretive enough for you? Yeah, if she got a shadow pardon, I'm taking three points she got for the board. Yeah, shadow pardon out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I had five names written down for myself because I went hog wild with predictions. Two of them are, are correct. Little Wayne and Bannon both did get pardons. That's my board, dude! Uh, Rittenhouse, Assange, and Snowden did not. <laughs> Assange is the big one there, that because that pissed off his own base. I was kind of surprised that Assange did A whole didn't. lot of people that yeah. are, are Q-adjacent or even Q-supporters really thought Assange of, was going to Yeah, a lot of fallout from that, from that one. And then uh, Jim had uh, Trump's family, which I don't think any of Trump's family got pardoned. Secret pardons, yeah. bro. Yeah, I don't think they did either. It's the P conspiracy. Although I don't it, know. It would have been admitting wrongdoing. Yeah, and, and technically they haven't really been charged with a crime yet, like or even... Yeah, but in I Trump's mean, La La Land, you can just pardon. It's like a get out of free jail, well, get out of jail free card. You, you'd think so, but if, um, unless you write it stupidly. <laughs> like, let's get back to so Trump pardoned Steve Bannon, one of the ones I I I presented an episode on him a couple episodes back, one oh seven. So Bannon, it pretty much is going to get away with stealing millions of dollars from the We Build the Wall crowdfunding yep. campaign. But it, it leaves the other because he wasn't the only one that that scammed people. He was one of right. four people yeah. that were being charged with it. Uh, he's the only one that got a pardon. So I'm going to read uh, to you from um, an article titled uh, "Pardon Trump's Pardon of Steve Bannon Could Raise a Risk for the Three Co-Defendants," and it says, uh, "But the pardon also left three other men uh, who were indicted with Bannon in an unusual and unenviable predicament. None of them received pardons, and so they still must face the trial in May." What's more, legal experts say Bannon cannot be called to, uh, as a government witness to testify against them, potentially increasing their legal jeopardy. And uh, a retired judge pointed out that because Bannon accepted his pardon and the immunity it confers, he cannot invoke the Fifth Amendment, the right to self-incrimination, because he can't self-incriminate. Right. So he can't not talk. He has to talk when he's uh, – theoretically. I guess the judge could still I give see, him the, the opportunity Well, I've seen because of a state – See, I've investigation. seen I've seen other lawyers say though that, that that it's not that foolproof because he can still be charged with state crimes, and that's why I so think he they could would invoke, get away with it. He yeah. could invoke the Fifth Amendment and say, "Look, I don't want to incriminate myself to the state, 
Which yeah. is, but like, there's well, so no. many loopholes. Like, well, it's so and, and I understand that it's not even a loophole. That is the nuance of law, and I get that. But I think it's interesting that the three the uh, the three co defendants are put in a really bad situation because now it's dependent on a judge allowing Bannon to take the Fifth Amendment because right. it's not something he can just assert well, because he got a pardon for these crimes. The and it puts them in a weird spot because now there are, there's a reason for three guys to be pissed off at Bannon and and start talking. Yeah. So what a weird fucking end of the relationship of Trump and Bannon though. Of, that's not the end. Best friends, enemies, there's, the sloppy Steve. He's, I'm, I'm know, not buying that that's the end. Like we've Oh seen, no, they're, they're on a yacht right now, I'm in, sure. In they're, your, they're golfing. Your entire episode was basically like Steve Bannon bounces around the world and and starts and suffers fasci- no consequences. Well, and starts fascist movements. Well, honestly, like, who else is more like Trump in the man that like is yeah, Teflon to any kind of da- fucking, damage or, that, that's or Batman come and, That's Batman and Robin right there. Bannon's not going anywhere. Like if there is if if any of the like swirlings about of the MAGA slash Patriot Party were to ever come, like Bannon's right there. He's, I would just feel bad. Probably would be. Man, if you were Brian Colfage right now, you did the same thing Bannon did, and and Steve and, Miller's right there, and like, yeah, you. But got, you literally both. I mean, Bannon got more money than than Stephen Colf or Brian Colfage for for the from that thing, and he and although Colfage is the one who's probably going to go to jail. Over who knows it. though? Trump might have lost like some of his pull with like the Proud Boys were calling him a cuck after he didn't. Uh, pardoned like Assange and did pardon Bannon shit. So like you know, like I don't yeah, know. Gonna have to find a new leader. Yeah, it won't be hard though. There, there's another fascist out there. I'm sure Ted Cruz. That would be as. Yeah, I don't know. Popular? I, I don't think it'd be as as popular. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to get somebody. Although Trump wasn't popular. I mean, I don't know. Tucker Carlson can make that switch. Sean Hannity. They're, like, they they get a lot of practice yelling about nothing yeah. all day. So, I don't know. But, um, so did Jim get any points on the board? No, because he just did, yeah, Trump's family. Oh, okay. Which I guess still secret pardons, maybe, but I'm not buying it until I see it. Right. We gotta. I think it's bullshit. There can be secret pardons. Like, that shouldn't be a way that. He just pulls it out of his pocket when the feds show up. Like, anytime he's worried about. Oh, excuse me. I got a here. They're closing in on me. He's gonna go into whatever hotel room he's at and just scribble. Like, (laughs) no, I pardoned myself. Mar a Lago (laughs) desk stationery. Like, like, it says from the office of the uh, former president of the United States. That's not a real office, fucker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like Space Force, it is now. <clears throat> All right, so let's get into this inauguration. Vice President Harris. <laughs> Speaker Pelosi, Leader Schumer, Leader McConnell, Vice President Pence, my uh, distinguished guest, my fellow Americans. This is America's day. This is democracy's day. A day of history and hope, of renewal and resolve. Through a crucible for the ages, America has been tested anew, and America has risen to the challenge. Today, we celebrate the triumph not of a candidate, but of a cause, the cause of democracy. The people, the will of the people has been heard, and the will of the people has been heeded. We've learned again that democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. I really love this opening in context because, I mean, 
when you read this in a transcript 50 years from now, it's not going to hold the same weight as it does now because we're very familiar with the attack that happened where he's standing two weeks How very prior. close we got to things looking very different. Yeah. Um, but like I, but I love this as an opener because like you do need to have a victory lap here. Like, and especially like the wording there is very much at the, the people that are, that called this, that believed this big lie and that tried to, that, to, to overturn the will of the people. Like that didn't happen. And it's not going to happen. But without and, actually using the words, without ever saying Trump, without ever saying the right. opposition, or using any de- divisive terms. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that that was – I thought it was a good opening. I, I did laugh at this next one a little bit just because, like, Joe is really good at being hopeful and maybe even sometimes a little bit more hopeful than reality. So now, on this hallowed ground, we're just a few days ago. Violence sought to shake the capital's very foundation. We come together as one nation, under God, indivisible, to carry out the peaceful transfer of power as we have for more than two centuries. As we look ahead in our uniquely American way, restless, bold, optimistic, and set our sights on the nation we know we can be and we must be. It was not peaceful. <laughs> if it was peaceful, <laughs> the Capitol doesn't get attacked. But uh, it's that thing of, like, what we expect politicians to do when they get in power, the the, the cliche is that they just blame it on the last guy. Right. You know? I mean, and every president does that. Obama blamed Bush. Bush blamed Clinton. Clinton blamed Bush. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the fact that he's not doing that. Like, he doesn't say trump's name i don't think he says trump's name during the entire speech i don't think that he does no no yeah i don't i mean i doubt I mean, unless he's asked about the letter or something it was I don't very think he's really said it. written yeah yeah and i like that about that like we're not gonna let's not blame people we'll, we'll talk about the fact that there was a riot but we're not gonna talk about the fact that like we should be blaming a large portion of the politicians right you know even at this inauguration and a portion of the population yeah as well um, but that does, that does us no good to do that. So, like, move on, be the bigger man. And, yeah. You know. And it's hopeful. Like, even though it, it's not, I don't think it's 100% accurate. I don't think he's being dishonest. Like, what he's doing is he's trying to show that we're above this. So, let's just, let's call it what we normally call right. it, a peaceful transfer of power. And um, he, he does something here um, that I think, again, in keeping with this whole... He talked a lot about unity through the whole thing. And one of the things that I remember having a conversation with you, I don't know if it was in 2020 or if it was even further back, because I know a long time ago I had predicted that Joe Biden would probably be the next pick after Hillary Clinton. And one of the reasons why was because every time Joe Biden was in the news, he was very much like, we all need to be better than this. It was the, it was like the, everybody's favorite grandpa who actually gives a shit about, um, how the family is doing. And, uh, and so one of the things that I think is a big move here. And one of the things that I think is not, uh, a thing that we've heard, you know, and, and across the aisle, is you got a guy like Mitt Romney being the same type of person. Yeah, Mitt Romney's great. I like. I don't agree with all of I his know that policies. I'll go so far as saying he's great. I, I would, think he has standards, which I appreciate. I would say that he is great as far as 
um as far as like being a politician who doesn't just toe the line like he is a guy who votes what he believes and even though i don't agree with everything that he believes i can at least respect where he's coming from uh because and that's kind of what you need. That's what this yeah. whole shit is built on. Is that like I don't have to agree with you, but like it would be lovely if I didn't openly he's, despise he's you. Gentle, he's gentlemanly. Yeah, is what we're getting at. Very much. And uh, I think that um, this is a a moment that we haven't heard for four years, and it was and it was much needed. I thank my predecessors of both parties for their presence here today. I thank them from the bottom of my heart. It's just nice to hear him thank both sides like to and he makes it a point several times in the speech to call out people on both sides of the aisle he mentions uh nancy pelosi and mike pence um and uh i don't i believe he mentions mcconnell by name as well like yeah he did it's the whole and he didn't call him a sniveling asshole which is the true mark of someone being civil and without shitting on trump he talks about his predecessors and just again it's another moment of like this we're all in this together i've just taken the sacred oath each of those patriots have taken the oath first sworn by george washington but the american story depends not on any one of us not on some of us but on all of us on we the people who seek a more perfect union This is a great nation. We are good people. And over the centuries, through storm and strife, in peace and in war, we've come so far. But we still have far to go. I think it's really it's really refreshing to hear Donald Trump talked about American carnage in his very gloomy inauguration speech and then he delivered on american carnage for four years and he delivers on what he promises brandon yeah promise kept i guess blocking her up or you know building that wall but to hear somebody talk like obama again speak with like one thing you can't say that obama didn't do any previous president any yeah i mean yes that's fair um what he's because that's what you're supposed to do that's what the position is this this isn't just like he says, you know, my distinguished colleagues, my family, my fellow Americans. What he should also say is the world. Every other country is watching this because they they have to deal with us just right. like we have to deal with them. And he does later get into in, that. Into that. But that, he knows full well that, like, he's also reassuring Macron and, you know, uh, Merkel or um, – yeah, Mer- yeah, Merkel. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, he's talking directly to them, too. Be like, Johnson. We can get right. back to actually... Have a leader to actually talk to. Yeah, and it's not going to snipe about you on yeah. Twitter at 3 a.m. or something, you That's know? That's not going to get up there and, and America first at the fucking U.N. Like, yeah. you know? Um, that's not going to go to Helsinki and uh, and just take the the fucking strongman dictator's word because he said oh he said he didn't he, he said he didn't try to influence it I don't know why he wouldn't be honest with me <laughs> oh really there's a history book that'll tell you why I don't know what you're talking about he's a nice <laughs> <Yeah>. guy <laughs> it is telling though that during Biden's speech that he can't say what every other president I almost in history I think except for a couple times has been able to say which is like I think the former president 
for what he's done yeah. for this country. Yeah. Even Obama the did that to Bush. There. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really telling. Like, it was different because of COVID, obviously, and the lack of a crowd. It would have been a lot louder had there been, you know, mm-hmm. had this been a normal year. But it's going to be remembered for the fact that, like, Trump's not going to be invited or he's not going to go to any of the things that former presidents usually go to. I would certainly hope he's not invited. Like, I would... Yeah, I would hope I they would, invite would, him just like because... Like, you acting like a child, don't you don't belong in this club. No, I don't want to see him next year in a fucking picture with Biden, Bush, Obama, and Carter. Like, I don't want to fucking see that. I don't want Donald Trump anywhere near Carter. Carter is a fucking gem. Like, <laughs> Donald Trump should stay as get far away, from, away Jimmy. from him. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think Bush wants anything to do with him either. No, I don't think so either. That I, there was the picture from inauguration day of Bush Clinton. I, I left Clinton off the list. That wasn't intentional. Um, but Bush Clinton and Obama standing next to each other, uh, yeah. having a conversation, and like that was the image. They were always cordial. That well, and that was the image right there that made me realize that that you're to your point frank that like that's probably exactly what's going to happen he's not going to get invited yeah. because he doesn't because, belong in that fucking picture. and regardless like, of what obama feels about bush like he got us into a bullshit war or whatever they can commiserate over the fact that they are in a very small group of people on the planet that know what it feels like to be president for right. four years or eight years yeah trump still doesn't know what it feels like yeah. to be president but like that should be something that bonds you and that if you weren't a complete ass and you didn't think Obama was your enemy because he's black. I, right. Yeah. You know, like, he can't do that because of the birtherism. He's invested too heavily to ever be buddy-buddy with any of the former presidents. But that, like, that would be a great thing to do as a former president, to have someone you can call and talk to. I honestly don't to. think he has friends. I really don't. They I don't paid? I, don't, I can't imagine, or his family. I don't. The only he, people that he has acquaintances with are those that yes they man. make mutual money. Or yeah, there, yes there is yes yeah. Man. There's a monetary value to anybody who's in his orbit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Twenty thousand dollars a day. I wonder how much Melania is making. Because <laughs> shit, more than Giuliani. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Now, back in the day, her dad made a lot of money. Yeah. So here, one of my favorite lines. From the entire inauguration speech, and if I was if I was his speechwriter, what it would have been the title of my speech, it comes up in just a second. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities. Much to repair, much to restore, much to heal, much to build, and much to gain. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. Once in a century virus that silently stalks the country has taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. Millions of jobs have been lost. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed. A cry for racial justice some 400 years in the making, moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from planet itself, a cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that we must confront and we will defeat. It's so refreshing to hear somebody not 
talk about uh, good people on both sides what and just it? say we're going to defeat Isn't fucking Isn't it weird racism? that, like, a lot of what he's saying is not that drastically different than Trump, what he was talking about? Trump was talking about wars in foreign countries and a he was, lot of the same but problems, he was, but, but he was... But he framing was, them so differently. Well, he was talking to the other side. He was talking to the the white supremacists and the racists, saying like, "It's really bad that they call you that, isn't it?" Like that's who he was talking to. And this, like, the whole idea of like a time of peril and significant possibilities, um, and then laying it out like that. Look, like four thousand deaths a day, millions of jobs lost. Da 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 da. And then like. But we're going to move forward, and we're going to push for equality, and we're going to defeat racism and hate, and like that's what we need. And like, and but, and I don't think Donald really lofty Tr- dreams. I don't, to, to I don't think Donald do. Trump ever, I, in a serious tone, the, told us that we were going to defeat hate. Yeah, yeah. No, you. He, he would crush his enemies, is what he would say. Right? I think the the biggest feeling of relief, if I can put it into some sort of metaphor here. Um, when things start going badly with your team and as the coach you just keep on doing the same thing eventually you're gonna get fired america fired its head coach right yeah yeah which is something it has not done since i mean well jimmy carter there's one living president well, that, we, did, that we didn't really that. fire him but we didn't re-elect him yeah. <laughs> right but i but i mean why wouldn't you want this guy being your coach this guy is hopeful yeah. this guy is yeah. is we can yeah. we can Even push if, forward and at, at the very least he's preaching a different message yeah yeah and even if i don't which believe which is actually aimed at unifying people right 100% and i and i don't even think that he is going to address or solve i think it's naive to think that he's going to solve everything he's talking about all the Absolutely. systemic problems right yeah in, but in he the same is sense, at least talking about the systemic you problems. Got, you yeah. need somebody the same with sense, the aspirations. In the same sense that I think it's naive to think that we were ever going to expect any sort of unification from the far end of either side. Right. Like, no one should be surprised that all of the Trumpites are just crapping all over Biden right now. Yeah, yeah no, Saying not he's already well, the worst president ever. I'm, I'm wondering, because I was comparing this the whole time I was listening to this at work. Did about, you know like, he's going to be president on March 4th? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll update that. I heard about that con- conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was listening to Biden's speech at work, I kept comparing it to like, well, what would a a, a Bernie inauguration speech sound like? We could have had that. We could have had Harris. We could have had Warren. Right. Any number of people. Like, Pete could have been given this fucking speech. Yeah. And I think that, like, I was thinking, like, wow, he sounds way more like Bernie then he sounds like Obama to me. Like, well, I mean, in the way that he's talking about social justice and stuff, but he hits on some things. In the way that I think, I think, Bert, or I think Obama kind of had to be careful because of the, because of the, the, there is, there is racism attached to the way that white people listen to black people. Whether that's purposeful or not, like people who grow up in the suburbs away f- in mostly white communities have an expectation at least i feel like that i feel like that's true and i don't feel like it's purposeful like i don't feel like everybody but i feel like obama knows that and feels that and i so feel you, like i don't feel like see, obama can talk the same way about about equality or without 
there being that faction of the, the white stigma the, attached yeah, to it. Yeah, the stigma that, yeah. from the white population that's like, oh, what does he mean by that? Like, see, I think there, and there probably is. Some, I think Obama probably wanted to say a lot more than he could because he he knew that he was playing. I think it, he would play a pay a political cost. Well, look how much outrage it but, caused whenever he said if he had a son that right he would look like Trayvon. Yeah, like, I I think that, that that's Biden, a but fairly think, innocuous statement that caused a lot of uproar. Right, right, um, and I don't think it, yeah. I also that's a think good, very good point. Very, the, but one I, of the first things point, Obama said was, "I am not going to try to legalize weed." Because if he legalizes weed, the whole fucking white country is like, ah, uh, yeah. fucking. There's the jokes. The of, ghetto yeah. black dude who, who like. But my point oh, though, he's fucking I, Snoop Dogg. I do he's think. Not. I do think there's a point to that. But As if there was never a white stoner. <laughs> <laughs> right. All of them. <laughs> like, I think you've a point, Brandon, about that. But I think also what I'm just hearing is that like the Bernie and the, the AOC squad side kind of won. They took this party. Democrats became more liberal, just like the Republicans came much I, more right wing under Trump. I think Trump pushed. And you can well, see it under the Biden. Of the tides. Whenever like as society plods along, uh, what's progressive now was ultra far left 10 years ago. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. In the '90s, we like gay marriage and and shit. Like the whole uh, gay wedding Midwest, cake thing. The would, Midwest was not would have a lost their minds yeah. in the '90s. <laughs> right, right. Like Matthew Shepard happened in the '90s. Even the, like, even the uh, things we'll get to later. Like Biden's been talking about like uh, the private prison system and like more like the more systemic issues yeah. that like that kind of stuff is oh, stuff that like Democrats didn't talk about openly. No, I, Except for the fringe far left candidates, and now it's like the mainstream. That's their I kind do of think belief. That the it's... very first time that you ever figured, like you ever heard that there was some for profit prisons that were owned by private companies, how did that? How did that make you feel? Same way I found out when I found out hospitals weren't just like owned by the the country. I was just like, why? <laughs> yeah. How do people make money off of this? Keep people sick and get money. Keep like, people in jail. Well, I remember yeah, even money. as a We're kid, we running a like, capitalism scheme on people. Right. I remember as a kid when you find that out that the, like it's privatized and companies run it. You're like, oh, well, I can see how that would easily cause a problem between yeah uh, your intent to help Wait, people and the, your desire to make money as a company. Which is why it's it's great that we have somebody here now after four years of not hearing about racial equality from the top. Um, it's nice that we have somebody or here that's openly, trying to. Trump was talking about kneeling like he he spent so much of his goddamn first two years talking about the NFL and football players kneeling during the national anthem like that was. Was the he going to kneel for the entire purview. inauguration? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't think he ever but, like, considered going. I just love the, the fact that like, he... <laughs> Biden's not going to talk about the the NFL because it's not like, why the fuck would he? Right. No, what Biden's going to do is he's going to try to unify us, and he's going to, it, like, I really think this is... Well, he's not going to politicize everything. I, I think this is shit the country needs. To overcome these challenges, to restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy. Unity. Unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history, It'll be for this act, and my whole soul is in it. My whole soul is in it. Today, 
on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. I'm not going to be surprised if it takes a while to get to stop getting such harsh blowback from the right. I don't think it'll stop. Yeah, uh, I think if we continue down the this path of I th- being cordial and trying to talk across the aisle, I and hope- not just like these executive orders that he's put out over the past couple of days are necessary, but he's gonna have to stop doing this if he wants any sort of right. talk across the aisle. Yeah, I I already think though that like you've seen um, like people like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, those guys came right after the insurrection came to the or attempted insurrection uh came to the table and like condemned the Trump. erection the as erection Schumer. as Schumer called it yeah. um but but it had quickly as soon as Biden was sworn in we were back on the well Biden's trying to deny, divide us like yeah. because apparently the Republican narrative is if you don't just bend to our agenda, like th- then what do you mean unity? Like, which is a complete false equivalency. Um, yeah. I have some faith that Joe, Joe Biden will be able to reach across the aisle just because he has a long working relationship with a lot of the people. Like, yeah. I mean, he's worked with McConnell before. Yeah. To get legislation passed <clears throat> during yeah, the him and a lot of those guys years. have been there long enough that they all know when right? politics used fucking to just him be and business. Bernie know each other. Him and a lot of the long term like I the Romneys, the, the I can't believe I'm GOPers. saying I can't believe I'm saying it. And like you'll understand that I'm separating for my definition uh, GOP and MAGA Republicans, right? Like the, so, in my mind, the GOP then is the people like. Um, like Mitt Romney, um, like ben John Boehner, like yeah, and like Rob Portman, um, and but I think that there's another group that want to ride both both tides that want to like Mitch McConnell didn't do shit to stand up against Trump for the last four years, um, and and just went along with his shit so that he could get his agenda done. Um, and so, but I don't know how the, I don't know if there's enough of the Mitt Romneys in Congress to, I think that why you see Rob Portman and Rob Portman dropping out or saying that he's not going to run again in 2022 is because he's afraid of where the Republican party is going. Well, and I can tell you right now, you'll see the same blue wave happen all over again. I hope, I hope so. In the midterms. If they don't want to cooperate, they'll wind up getting voted out. I I very See, much I'm, hope you're right. I'm worried that where there's going to be a wave of apathy on the left, and it that could, it'll be it, a, a Tea Party 2.0. That we're I don't know about in two years. I don't think it'll be apathetic by then. It's two, only two years from now. Yeah, yeah, and it'll depend a lot on the the, uh, the and, narratives that develop. Whatever well, kind of birtherism kind of and narrative Fox is going to push about let's be, Biden being Ill- illegitimate. Let's be honest. As far as Democrats are concerned, that uh right after four years of donald trump this honeymoon stage is going to go on longer even than it should to, i'd even venture to wager that their own party if they just if, if they sit up there 
whoever it is, whoever senator is up for re-election this midterm, if, if they just continue to, like, bang the Trump Republican Party to death, uh, just beating the Democrats over the head with it and not getting anything done, then I don't even know if their own party will put them back up. Yeah, I think the smartest Maybe. thing the Democrats could do is just, like, don't mention Trump. Like, do the impeachment, get it over with, however it's going to work out, the one, and then just move on to passing legislation, getting shit done. Yeah. The one thing... That you can point to in two years. The the one thing, though, that's going to make that theory hard, Jim, I think, is that uh, they're going to look at 74 million votes as something to worry about when you're talking about not rerunning these people like they're not gonna bow out we can't keep playing that game i I agree with you but i think that they're going like i think that that's a real you're pushing the party way too far the to the right of reality i mean there it's not even just um uh who do you say was retiring um portman portman there's like there's two or three others who have been they're saying they're not seeking a re-election yeah which is kind of alarming for a uh, a party that wants to try to rewin the Senate in two years. Well, it's alarming unless – like if they're afraid of being primaried and if they th- and if Republicans can hold those seats and if they're more uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens, then we're all fucked. Like – so I don't know. Yeah, like, I, would, I would hope that the Republican Party gets its crap together and we don't get more of those people. I, I would hope so too. And hope and give, give me somebody reasonable. Maybe I I would sooner take a Ted Cruz than another Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is a fucking statement. <laughs> so let's hope that Biden's uh every time when Biden goes on about like the unity, unity. I, I hear unity. I hear I the, love when he repeats a word like I hear the the importance. The John Lennon uh you may say that I'm a dreamer or whatever, maybe, but let's hope not. Uniting to fight the foes we face, anger, resentment and hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness and hopelessness with unity. We can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs. We can put people to work in good jobs. We can teach our children in safe schools. We can overcome the deadly virus. We can reward, reward work and rebuild the middle class and make health care secure for all. We can deliver racial justice and we can make America once again the leading force for good in the world. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep and they are real. But I also know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we're all are created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. That is my favorite part of his, like the most well-written part of his yeah, speech, I think. It's a really good speech. Um, I You can't honestly look at America and say he's wrong. No, not at all. And the people that hated this speech, like, because there were a lot of people that hated this speech, they didn't watch it. Like, there's no way you watched oh, this and no, hated they only, this fucking speech. They only watched the Fox News clips later yeah, that day. Yeah, like, absolutely well, and I not. love that call, that, that acknowledging that there are a lot of people, like probably the three of us, that... Love the idea of America and mm-hmm. love a lot, th- a lot of things about it, but are also disgusted by the fact that like it's never, 
even in its best moments, there's always been pockets of America you can point to and be like, that is, like, there are things happening that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I love the fact that he called that out. Like, you can have pride in this country and also acknowledge the fact that, like, it's never been fair to everyone. Yeah. You know, like, those two things can exist, co- you know, within one person. You said that last part was your favorite part of the uh, speech. I think one of the most important parts of the speech is this point that he makes right here. And I think the wording was very careful. The battle is perennial, and victory is never assured. Through civil war, the Great Depression, World War, 9-11, through struggle, sacrifice, and setbacks, our better angels have always prevailed. In each of these moments, enough of us, enough of us have come together to carry all of us forward. And we can do that now. History, faith, and reason show the way, the way of unity. I think that enough gives of, me so much hope. Enough of us is a really important way of phrasing that. Because what he's saying, at least in my opinion, is that he understands that there are going to be some magas who don't come along. There are going to be some people that are going to fight him for four years as retribution or as for or as like whatever spite like whatever. There there is that section that that viewed the last four years as a witch hunt and they're like, well now it's our turn. Yeah. Um but I think that that he makes a great point that it, as long as like look if if enough of us can work together, like we can push That's what pro- it's all about. we can push progress forward. We gotta have simple majority, yeah. right? Um, and I love it's a and it's something I think a lot of presidents have done in inauguration addresses, but him um, dropping acknowledgments to past presidents. He already talked about Lincoln, but then the dropping the better angels mm-hmm. line, which is a d- direct reference to his quote. Yeah. He does it a couple. I don't remember. There's another one later on where he does it, and it's very noticeable yeah. that he's calling on past presidents who have been key in times of, like, dramatic change in the country. Yeah. Yeah. No, this whoever wrote this did a very good job. And I, the whole time I was watching this, I know that, like, I've, drilled this point in so many times because it's one of the things that makes me laugh the most about like the Q people and the like the stop the steal people is that like the whole like oh he was he's bumbling Biden like dude he reads this speech really well and he delivers it really well like um you know so like I don't know I just the whole time I was watching it I remember thinking like he's killing this speech like this is a great speech um and so kudos to, to yeah i think his... a lot of the uh, dementia uh believing people probably were expecting some big gaff or yeah. there, there's up. plenty of cute conspiracies about robots like that was an animatronic <laughs> <laughs> they they stole of chuck course. e cheese and put him up there <laughs> nice <laughs> gotta check the height the height's always different we can see each other not as adversaries but as neighbors we can treat each other with dignity and respect we can join forces Stop the shouting and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. No progress, only exhausting outrage. No nation, only a state of chaos. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge. And unity is the path forward. And we must meet this moment as the United States of America. If we do that, I guarantee you we will not fail. 
We have never, ever, ever, ever failed in America when we've acted together. And so today, at this time, in this place, let's start afresh, all of us. Let's begin to listen to one another again, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. Politics doesn't have to be a raging fire, destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. And we must reject the culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've been much. saying that for four years. Because the other guy was just saying fake news for fucking four years. And it feels so years. good to hear it. Oh, my God. That, like... Did you guys see the latest tally on Trump's lies? You know, they were keeping, I think the Washington Post kept a, a track. It's like 30,000 30,000 lies in, or misleading, yeah. misleading statements slash lies in four years. Yeah. I'm not even doing the math to, just, to figure out, that's a fuck ton a day. That's yeah. pretty much, his job for four years was lying. Was it spinning out of control, like the birth per day ticker <laughs> that they got? On the yeah. <laughs> Like, they bought a board that said, like, zero days since last lies, but they never got to put a fucking number on it. <laughs> yeah, no, this, like, it's it's very... They had to buy a bigger board at one point. <laughs> it's very nice. It's sad to me where America has gotten with conspiracies and allowing it to be mainstream, to the point where I, like, I'm now... And a big part of our general... Everybody wants to be Mel Gibson. Well, every... That Hollywood movie, the... But don't the you cons- feel... What was it? Conspiracy Theory? That was just the name. Don't, yes. you, don't you feel like at this point, at least with the people that you, that you talk to, and I don't know, you guys talk to different people than I do, but I know, like, the people in my circle, most of us are like, social media was great, but it should fuck off now. And, like, because it, it's done a lot of great things, but the bad shit that it allows is Man. really bad, and we're living in it. And... Sasha Baron Cohen had a, a speech. I don't even remember what it was for. It was some award ceremony, but he, was it the, he posed the, the question. Was it the Oscars? When he, I don't remember. No, it wasn't the Oscars. I think it was an independent film award, not uh, not. Sundance. I know the speech you're talking about when he gave but, the social media address or whatever. Y- yeah. yeah. Or the call. Yeah. Uh, he made the comment, you know, what if Goebbels had Facebook? Like, right. Yeah. And I think you could have turned the entirety of Europe into Nazism, not right. just Germany. Well, and I, you know, it's not just, there's not one party to blame here because the Q people and the Trump people became one in the same, but that's not it's, like, there's something rooted in the human psyche that you, that without, without the wherewithal to get that you have, you're having the wool pulled over your eyes. You just want to believe it. Right. Yeah. And I think there is something to the fact that Facebook used to be a very different beast. Like when I actually used it and it became popular. I remember you used to have to be invited onto it. Well, yeah, you used to mm-hmm. have to be invited. Corporations weren't on it nearly as much as they right. are today. Yeah, corporations weren't on it. News media. I don't even, th- I don't even think like, artists and athletes Like were I remember on it. it vividly like when, when you first start seeing posters or stuff where they had the little Facebook or Twitter logo in the bottom. That yeah. they had a presence. It started because out as that a, was a, like. It started out as a more simple version of MySpace. Yeah, right. so originally Facebook was very much just you and your friends talking, and yeah. then it became this thing of introducing you to people that you don't know. And, well, and poly, you know, and I would I, argue too, like we blame social media a lot, but I would blame the combination of social media and like the advent of technology, where like we got smartphones. The iPhone was like 08 or 09, right? And if you think yeah. back to social media, f- MySpace, Facebook, whatever, pre 
iPhone and pre like smartphone it was a first of all it was a rare occurrence that you would have like one of your parents on facebook and if you yeah. did they were sharing like inspirational quotes recipes and pictures of I the think family my mom, and their profile my mom was still finally that. made it facebook last year but but now how long was their profile just that blue but that was background. also that was also a time where like we were sharing uh, we our favorite wait. music and shit we weren't talking about like we weren't sharing world views and yeah. like and I think it's because you gave you put an app on every, in every motherfucker's pocket and then shit started to spread and now people look at pictures like they got the inside scoop Well, on some I mean shit. you also have places like well, CNN and Fox who quickly realized once they got a presence on there that they were getting way more hits on Facebook video watches right. than they were on people tuning in to cable. So I you I know, don't, it's a shift of like a lot of and then now like news is Produced now with an idea that is going on social media. It's right. produced in thirty second, you know, bites, which takes out all the nuance you need to tell a news story. I don't think there's been context in the news since the early two thousands, man. Now, I mean, there's no. some people that do it. I think well, who spend an entire like. I still think John Oliver does a, a great idea. Well, yeah, know, outside of shows like that, but, but that's he's not, not news. technically the news. Yeah, right. that's the other thing. That like, there's the funny a, thing is like they're the most honest people, like him and Colbert. Yeah, I think a, a lot of the time too, we, when we talk about news, we don't talk about the right thing because we conflate the news with punditry right which is very different yeah. tucker carlson is not a news anchor no he Sean is an Hannity opinion is not right talking head you know and, and wolf we just, blitzer we, and, is a news guy so, and people just say that's the media it's like well yeah we're the media that even us doing a podcast is media right but like there's a very different stance on what we we have a responsibility to do versus tucker carlson it is weird that like because of trump's inauguration and the four years that followed it that for the first time in history when a president is talking about truth in an inaugural address he is without saying it he is talking about this time and this this social media presence and the way that we have been able to dis, to distort our own reality through echo chambers um and you know so it, it it's a weird moment for me to like hear it knowing the context of it again 50 years from now 100 years from now when you read that in a in a history book or whatever or in the library of congress that like truth is just truth but like right now the the weight of that is so much more um because of what it's causing us at at the moment my fellow americans we have to be different than this america has to be better than this and i believe america is so much better than this just look around here we stand in the shadow of the capitol dome as was mentioned earlier, completed amid the Civil War, when the Union itself was literally hanging in the balance. Yet we endured. We prevailed. Here we stand, looking out in the Great Mall, where Dr. King spoke of his dream. Here we stand, where 108 years ago, at another inaugural, thousands of protesters tried to block brave women marching for the right to vote. And today, we mark the swearing in of the first woman in American history elected to national office, Vice President Kamala Harris. Don't tell me things can't change. Here we stand, across the Potomac from Arlington Cemetery, where heroes who gave the last full measure of devotion rest in eternal peace. And here we stand just days after a riotous mob thought they could use violence to silence the will of the people, to stop the work of our democracy, 
to drive us from this sacred ground. It did not happen. It will never happen. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever, not ever. That's going to look really good in history books because, yep. and and I'm glad that like, I'm glad he hit that emphasis on in here. We stand um, that like, I'm try. I don't want to, I don't want to go back into this. I'm still as angry as I was in 110 about what happened, but it is that to me, that line is such a triumphant line for not just Joe Biden and the Biden campaign, but for democracy itself. Like, I know those people were, like, fucking around and don't realize exactly the the weight of what the fuck they did, but, like, being an idiot doesn't excuse what you did, and it doesn't change what you did. You tried to topple democracy, and it it fucking survived it. And he's... Um, I mean, he, he brings up the Civil War, but he even like that. Uh, he that's the other time he he quotes Lincoln, the last full measure, when he's talking about Arlington Cemetery, like right. But he's not doing it in a way that's like we're about to experience the Civil War. No, he's not doing it in it's, the way that's like I'm the greatest president since Lincoln. Believe me, everybody tells me. And he's not even doing it in a way that like we're that close to a Civil War. What he's saying more is that like the time, like we're now. We can we're that divided, but we can come together. We yeah. don't have to do that. Like, but he's in, right. it's almost like a warning without being a warning. Yeah, which I appreciate that yeah. it's not overly fraught, but it, it is important and it's it's stating the gravitas of the moment. Right, and it's also that for like when, as I was listening back to this, uh, I like the way that his transitions roll. Um, as somebody who like can, who appreciates that progress of the of the speech and of the presentation or whatever, I like that he hits that moment. Here we stand, and it will never happen in America. You never topple democracy, and then he follows it immediately up with more uh, olive branching. To all those who supported our campaign, I'm humbled by the faith you've placed in us. To all those who did not support us, let me say this. Hear me out as we move forward. Take a measure of me and my heart. If you still disagree, so be it. That's democracy. That's America. The right to dissent peaceably within the guardrails of our republic is perhaps this nation's greatest strength. Yet hear me clearly. Disagreement must not lead to disunion. And I pledge this to you. I will be a president for all Americans, all Americans. And I promise you, I will fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. Which was something he has said the entire time. I love that line of disagreement must not lead to disunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) a very good speech. He goes on. Many centuries ago... St. Augustine, a saint of my church, wrote that a people was a multitude defined by the common objects of their love. Defined by the common objects of their love. What are the common objects we as Americans love that define us as Americans? I think we know. Opportunity, security, liberty, dignity, respect, honor, and yes, the truth. Recent weeks and months have taught us a painful lesson. 
There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. And each of us has a duty and a responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and defeat the lies. I understand that many of my fellow Americans view the future with fear and trepidation. I understand they worry about their jobs. I understand, like my dad, they lay in bed wondering, can I keep my health care? Can I pay my mortgage? Thinking about their families, about what comes next. I promise you, I get it. But the answer is not to turn inward, to retreat into competing factions, distrusting those who don't look like, look like you, or worship the way you do, or don't get their news from the same sources you do. I really like that he is going through the list of things, going through the list of problems that we have, because we have become so divided that it does feel like whether you're in a Twitter battle or whether you're in a, an argument with a family member, like it does yeah. feel like we get our feelings hurt so much that yeah. like we would rather just not hear the other person. And that I think is the, like, I think that puts us in a really shitty spot and I'm yeah. glad that I think he, the, that the he, situation is highly complicated and, and we could get into all the different possible ways any th- any one thing could be at fault but this country is more divided than i've ever seen it in my entire life yeah and i'm pretty certain i heard some of my family elders say the same thing yeah yeah it doesn't it, it doesn't bode well but it is nice to have somebody now in the driver's seat um who who wants to cool the temperature in the room we must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue Rural versus urban, or, or rural versus urban. At that little moment, Conservative Alex Jones has such a hard on. He's like, oh, he's about to fuck we up. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts. If we show a little tolerance and humility. And if we're willing to stand in the other person's shoes, as my mom would say, just for a moment, stand in their shoes. Because here's the thing about life. There's no accounting for what fate will deal you. Some days when you need a hand, there are other days when we're called to lend a hand. That's how it has to be. That's what we do for one another. And if we are this way, our country will be stronger, more prosperous, more ready for the future. And we can still disagree. He really feels like he's given a sermon, doesn't it? I was about to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, if you just take out the well, references like, to America and and just place it, like, yeah, us. And, and outside of him, the the silence is deafening, minus the clanging of the wire on a flagpole. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it does seem like, like, I, I'm, I've never actually been, like, I'm not religious, I've never actually been to church, but I assume that, like, if I had a favorite pastor this is the way he would talk yeah like like preach like address the problems but always preach i think hope. it's fair to say that to some extent we treat politics like church it us oh yeah i yeah like 
not everybody, but in this room. And so, like, this is the closest thing in a while that I have heard. Like, I mean, I would put a couple of Obama's speeches in this category, too. Yeah, but um, not considering how often politicians talk about God, it's not often that I actually feel like they're genuinely, like, yeah, they could be talking to their congregation. Yeah. Honestly, um, and, and I feel that way with him. And he does, usually, I feel like when politicians bring up God in speeches, a lot of times it feels like pandering to me. And the not all the time. I'm not saying that I don't believe that people have religious convictions. I believe very much that Mitt Romney does. I believe, But, like, there are some people. Mike Huckabee abuses it a little bit. There are t- well, there are times anybody abuses it when they're talking about something unrelated and at the end they're like, oh, God bless America. Like, they have to sign off with it. Not, like eh. Not that. But, like, people who, like, when, I think it was... Trump at one point maybe I I might be wrong but somebody said that, that like uh I know that George W Bush said that God told him to run yeah like uh-huh. that that stuff to me like is kind like that's a little you're on the line there bud of yeah. being like all right, you might really believe that, and I'm not going to be a dick and tell you that you don't really believe that. Well, and I don't, but I feel like you're using that for the evangelical vote. And I think it's different. Like if Biden got up there and talked about God had a plan, and this is what it led to. Like, okay, like you're you're religious, and that's a big part of your life, and that's what guides you. Great, but it's different when you're like God wanted me to be president. Right. That's where we're getting into like, okay, yeah, like did he talk to you? That's weird shit. <laughs> Are you going to start building golden statues too? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, I yeah, I don't know. But but anyway, my point with that was that Biden does bring up religion a couple of times in this speech. And when he does it, I'm like, all right, I'm cool with that. Like, I the way that you use it, just about your belief system, and like, that's fine. You can have your belief system. Just don't yeah. let it interfere with the a, way that you do shit. Like, Biden is a long-term believer, a long-term Christian. And he's a, a, you know, the entire time he's been in the public eye when he the lost his... Catholic. Yeah, when he lost his family, you know, like, that's right. been... And he even, he's talked a lot about his shaken faith when his wife and children right. died. I should also clar- died. clarify my yeah. last statement. When I say don't let it interfere with what you're doing, I'm not saying that if you're a religious person or a religious politician, don't let it guide you on some, like, moral, like, whatever... There's a difference between being guided and allowing something to interfere. Uh, what was that? The Kim Davis is that? Was that her name? Uh, in Kentucky, oh, who, who wouldn't uh, certify the uh, marriage? Uh, yeah, of gay people. Yeah, yeah, that was bullshit. Like she was using her position. Like don't. Like you shouldn't be able to not do your job. And there are plenty of people who are Catholic who, right? Who think that like who hold those lines about like not being against gay marriage, but then still right. thinking that like. So about the church Biden understands too and one of the things that or at least his speechwriter does um understands that like there's a lot of shit that we gotta like we're not yay for Biden I'm president now Trump's gone whatever we're nowhere out of the woods of all the bullshit that like we have to fix um and he acknowledges that my fellow Americans In the work ahead of us, we're going to need each other. We need all our strength to to persevere through this dark winter. We're entering what may be the toughest and deadliest period of the virus. We must set aside politics and finally face this pandemic as one nation. One nation. And I promise you this, 
As the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We will get through this together, together. And to your earlier, way earlier point, I do like when he repeats the two words. He's what's crazy yeah. is for as much as the of the like, oh, he's a bumbling like he speaks way better than Trump did. Like, yeah. Like More he cohesive. reads a teleprompter teleprompter better than Trump did. Trump is really Trump is really passionate when he talks. The problem is when you like I don't watch a lot of um a lot of events or a lot of uh even Trump's speech I read most of them. Trump is incoherent if you try to read him. Uh, <laughs> Listening unbroken. to his speech is trying to read a half page worth of a run-on sentence. Yeah, but yeah. with inflection in the speech you can tell when he's abandoned one sentence and started another. And it they comes don't right back to that same sentence. But when yeah. you're typing it, it's all just one run on. There's no punctuation <laughs> right. to, to realize that he uh, he jettisoned one thought for another. Yeah, this one this one will be a lot better for the the history books. Also, I, I don't like. think like he's riffing. Biden's not riffing. No, nothing. I don't think he's adding anything. No, I don't and, think and, so. and when he does, you can kind of tell because he stumbles over a word and corrects himself. Like this right. is all scripted. He's yeah, he's practiced this many times. It's a very good speech. You made a point earlier that he uh about how this comes off in comparison to the rest of the world. And I like that he that there is a point in the speech where he addresses the rest of the world. Look folks, all my colleagues I serve with in the House and the Senate up here, we all understand the world is watching, watching all of us today. So here's my message to those beyond our borders. America has been tested, and we've come out stronger for it. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again, not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. Oh, you see how he flipped it there? Yeah. Tell you know he's smart. That's Confucius shit. I'm thank God that like he took the time in the speech to say, "Hey, world, we're back." Yeah. <laughs> like willing to do business again. Yeah, uh, and and he would later in the week go on to uh, prove that, um, which we'll get into in a, in a little bit. But uh, what a relief for foreign nations now to know that when you talk to no the, shit. the ambassador or anybody else lower on the totem pole that you're not going to get undercut by the president in a speech later that day right you yeah know, that was a real threat and it happened to a lot of world it, leaders it happened to a lot of people nikki, yeah and nikki that, haley had the first really big one where she had said something at the un yeah and then immediately, and then immediately got, got, con- got contradicted yeah and, like that won't if that happens Pretty now sure that's that, going to be because someone fucked caused up. her resignation yeah <laughs> it was right around there that it really snowballed yeah and she just i mean it sucks up, for like, them I'm too done. because oh. like although she has since turned into such a bootlicker yeah well they yeah. all did yeah um I I also thought like he had a he had another moment that um was really unique it, it it shouldn't be unique it's just that the previous administration what we have been what we've become so used to um ignoring the pandemic not like not having a plan for how to fucking get out of it, it just complete like complete fumble of everything that is covid for a year um, well, and it trickled down to the states too. Yeah, especially absolutely. here in Missouri, only four percent 
of our population is vaccinated right now. Right. right. More than half of all the vaccines that we received are still in their initial freezer storage. Yeah. Right. And it's because there's been really like the states have been largely left to fend for themselves. And, yeah. you know, there's been no federal. But one thing that I, I think this next bit speaks to two things. A, that he's acknowledging the the pandemic, but also that this guy, very much unlike his predecessor, has a little bit of damn humility. Look, you all know we've been th- through so much in this nation. And in my first act as president, I'd like to ask you to join me in a moment of silent prayer. Remember all those who we lost in this past year to the pandemic, those 400,000 fellow Americans, moms, dads, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. We'll honor them for becoming the people and the nation we know we can and should be. So I ask you, let's say a silent prayer for those who've lost their lives and those left behind and for our country. Amen. To me, that doesn't seem like we talked about it a few minutes ago. It doesn't seem like pandering to me that like that seems like an actual like he could call it prayer. He could call it just a moment of silence. But it seems like something that's long overdue, something that that just at least having an administration who is willing to be like, this is fucked. Like, this is bad. This is really bad. And this needs to get fixed as opposed to an administration that was just like, don't ask. Like don't yeah. don't ask us. Like it's totally fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Like it'll go away next spring, you know? Because like <laughs> it, it's just like ah, it it's very nice. I'm <laughs> I don't want to overuse refreshing <laughs> in this episode, but like it is like it's nice to hear these moments where the the contrast is so is so different, you know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like as a nation we were just in a depressive state, and now we've entered a manic state for a bit. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think it'll. I I honestly think uh, that that's why, Jim, you may be right when you say that like the the Democrats won't lose that much steam by twenty twenty two because I, I really don't think they I will. think that this honeymoon for a lot of people is like because it, for the next two years every time that we hear complaints from the right we're gonna be like. If, Dude, if Biden was chill. His, well, like, and, and imagine how many memes and jokes we're gonna hear about, like, can you imagine, like, listing the bad things and be like, that happened in one week, right? Yeah. Remember that? If, yeah. If President Biden was as milk toast as candidate Biden, then yeah, there'd be some apathy. But uh, no, he's actually showing some moxie here. Yeah. Well, I think he's got Harris behind him. He's got the the Bernies like. Well, and he's People got the, up his ass he's to got be the entirety of the left, not behind him, but like, let's go. Like, yeah. let's, 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 let's move. Do something. Yeah. Folks, this is a time of testing. We face an attack on our democracy and on truth. A raging virus, growing inequity, the sting of systemic racism, a climate in crisis, America's role in the world. Any one of these would be enough to challenge us in profound ways. But the fact is, we face them all at once, presenting this nation with one of the gravest responsibilities we've had. 
Now we're going to be tested. Are we going to step up, all of us? It's time for boldness, for there's so much to do. And this is certain. I promise you, we will be judged, you and I, by how we resolve these cascading crises of our era. We will rise to the occasion is the question. Will we master this rare and difficult hour? Will we meet our obligations and pass along a new and better world to our children? I believe we must. I'm sure you do as well. I believe we will. And when we do, we'll write the next great chapter in the history of the United States of America, the American story. He's channeling his uh, inner FDR, right? <laughs> like, we're build back better. Actually, like, now I don't hate it as much. <laughs> like, you know, now it has a zing to it. With all the context. I gotta, I gotta say I'm hopeful that I really think the trend's going to continue 2022, that we're going to see more Democrats get into office. It, it might even remain even. Either way, that's a win for what we need right now. And then maybe maybe that will finally wake up most of the, the heavy dissenters on the Republican side. Like, look, we got we to gotta actually represent more yeah. than just our little yeah, group we, here. We right? got to expel the Marjorie Taylor Greens. And, and, and maybe with the Twitter bans and the, and the Facebook bans and the ability not to, uh, you know, go fund off this, um, it will put a dent in the conspiracy-laden right wing that we've been seeing taking over Hopefully. the party. Like I'm, there will always I'm, be that. There I'm will, such... but but it, I mean, it exploded because of social media allowing it to, and also the pandemic really accelerated it. Yeah. People were at home with nothing to do. People went down a lot of YouTube rabbit holes and got yep. oh, fucking yeah. red pilled. Like I'm, I'm such a centrist that just loves America for what it should be, and I I hate seeing it whenever it, it's not for a large group of people, and that's been just my increasing plight over the last. I don't know, four years at least, probably going back eight years. Um, I, I just, I want this country to succeed. I'm tired of watching people just crap all over it every chance they get. Well, and it's like... They, they call themselves patriots, but they're trying to expel half the nation. Well, and they're, they're burning it down. Like, And what's ironic, right, is that they've hijacked the whole idea of patriotism. Well, it's my, like, the Constitution is, like, you fucking hate the Constitution. The, like, the funniest thing like, is, like, all the, all the left-wing veterans that I follow on Twitter, uh, they all constantly get told that they're traitors or un-American. It's like... Dude, they actually served. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I love. They also. Like, I've, they... I've gotten a lot of guff from some people about me calling out these so-called patriots. Well, I think that's the. And it's the same reaction internally. Like, who are you to? I think to that, even come close to judging me. I think there's going to be a hard, uh, like. Because I've heard from other friends that I have who were Trump supporters in 16 but not 20 that, like, I, like there is a little bit of an empathy there for me, from me, for people who I still consider got duped, but I understand why in 2016, um, but who, who like, saw what was happening and oh, were like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not I, down. I totally get it, but at the same time, my patience doesn't exist for him right. anymore. Well, no, but I I feel 
I feel a little bit of empathy for the people who are now getting turned on by like the like the people that are still believers there. Well, they went they went from patriots to terrorists in a single day. Right. Oh yeah. And they're still getting shit from people like us who are like, yeah, well, and, we kind of told you and so. They got yeah. called like, beta cucked anti-fascist. Right. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's got to be lonely being the Q shaman right now. Gay beta cucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Antifa uh, too. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, but for somebody that that just put it out there the way that you just did, what your what your feelings about America are. I think that jo- that this the we've only got a couple more left of his speech. Um and and this moment I think should should kind of reciprocate those feelings. A story that might sound something like a song that means a lot to me. It's called American Anthem. And there's one verse that stands out at least for me and it goes like this. The work and prayers of century have brought us to this day. What shall be our legacy? What will our children say? Let me know in my heart when my days are through. America, America, I gave my best to you. Let's add, let's us add our own work and prayers to the unfolding story of our great nation. If we do this, then when our days are through, our children and our children's children will say of us, they gave their best, they did their duty, they healed a broken land. Man of the new dad that hits home so hard. Well, and what's so cool, the reason I love that clip so much is because everything about my personality would think that quoting a song, especially for like a 70 plus year old dude, uh, would be corny. But why well, Nora but, Jones too? Like how much more like Starbucks soundtrack can you but get? The, <laughs> but the immediate follow up, follow up, and the way that he tied that all together with a nice bow was like, all right, dude. Like that was the least corny way that you could do that. Like that actually, like, when he, I, that's legit. <laughs> I was, I was like wiping, like I was like, woo, all right. He didn't make a gaff, and then he got to, I'm gonna quote song lyrics, and I audibly, like at work, was like, oh no, Joe. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you, me too. This is dangerous territory. Yeah, me too. One hundred percent. I was like, oh no, this is gonna like, and I, you know that like you're twenty minutes I, into again, the speech now, you know things, it's gonna end. Please don't end on a fucking pink, <laughs> pink things, lyric. No, things I wanted to hear. I, I just like, I would have given any amount of money in the world to be like, I'm gonna quote from my favorite song. It's called "Fuck the Police." <laughs> NWA. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> got it bad, cause he brown. Like, no, no, Joe, this is going bad. Um, yeah. So, uh, but I, I think to I've got like this is the last clip that I have. This is, and I think he puts a nice bow on on the entire speech, and I, and I really do hope that I believe him. Like, I believe that this is what he wants. Like, I believe he does want to be viewed in the same kind of way that, like, uh, George Washington or a Lincoln or an FDR, like, some huge, like, the big moments in history where, like, big for the nation as a whole, if he can get us through that, he's a success and a historic president. And I, I, like, I think that this was a good start to his presidency no matter where it goes this like it didn't start off rocky my fellow americans i closed the day where i began with the sacred oath before god and all of you 
I give you my word. I will always level with you. I will defend the Constitution. I'll defend our democracy. I'll defend America. And I'll give all, all of you, keep everything you, I do in your service, thinking not of power, but of possibilities, not of personal interest, but the public good. And together, we shall write an American story of hope, not fear, of unity, not division, of light, not darkness, a story of decency and dignity, love and healing, greatness and goodness. May this be the story that guides us, the story that inspires us, and the story that tells ages yet to come that we answered the call of history. We met the moment. Democracy and hope, truth and justice did not die in our watch but thrive. That America secured liberty at home and stood once again as a beacon to the world. That is what we owe our forebearers, one another, and generation to follow. So, with purpose and resolve, we turn to those tasks of our time, sustained by faith, driven by conviction, and devoted to one another and the country we love with all our hearts. May God bless America, and may God protect our troops. Thank you, America. So, really good speech. Very different. If if you go back and listen to episode one, which I haven't recently, um, but I'm pretty sure we don't cover it the same way. I'm not saying that the it was all doom and gloom at the beginning, um, but this had a very different feel. Um, and it's just an interesting spot to be at four years later, right? Like, uh, so I, I don't know. It, it's it's very it's very different. I, I feel like we're in a very different spot on this anniversary episode than we are uh than we were when we we started it so yeah, or any other january right the show's been going on so uh real quick before we wrap up we'll go through we don't have to go through this whole list i gave you each a list of the executive orders um because he really did hit the ground running and uh which we kind of expected him to. He basically, if you remember, and I'm almost certain, I didn't look it up, but I'm almost certain that Trump also signed 17 executive orders on day one. And I'm pretty sure Biden just went through and undid most of those. Um, Quite a few. Yeah. Uh, I'd say at, and least, this is, at least a third of his orders are reversing something right like and this Trump is did. something we have been saying about like the the danger of just enacting things through executive action is like the next president can just undo it right this is why you have to make laws passed yeah. through congress so on day one we'll go through a few of these uh, we we're not going to go through this whole list because he's done a lot this week um but on day one he signed a memorandum freezing approval of rules passed in the final days of the trump presidency um, according to Biden's memorandum, all new and pending rules passed in the last days of Trump's tenures would be reviewed by the department, see, department and agency heads. Ooh, got to get some agency heads. Right. We haven't had any for like four years. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, an executive order rejoining the Paris, uh, the Paris Agreement, the Climate Accord, um, which we've talked about lots. Pause. Go. Freaking cruise, man. Just immediately starts pandering to his base by saying 
apparently Joe Biden cares more about oh. the citizens of Paris than he does America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, Ted. Greta. This has nothing to do with the city of Paris. Greta Thunberg. Is that Thunberg? Thunberg. Thunberg I yeah. Think, yeah. Who, if you will remember way back in the show when we talked about uh, her being the 13 year old girl who was up at, on the world stage. It's like some UN climate. Uh, like whatever convention, she like, lost her composure then. But that was the last time she's done that. Right? She's she's been she very also composed then and got tactful te- with anything. She, she also said. then got teased by the president, and then like in the final yeah. days of Pick, his children, thirteen year right. old. Um, but it was great because after after Biden signed it, she tweeted, "Welcome back to the Pittsburgh Agreement," or whatever oh, yeah. at yeah. at Ted Cruz. So good, like. Um, yeah, she she was pwning politicians all week. Uh, executive order to promote racial equality. Biden ordered his government to conduct equity assessment assessments of its agencies and real, reallocate resources to advance equity for all, um, including people of color and others who have been historically un, underserved. Um uh, Let's see. Proclamation ending ban on U.S. entry yeah, of the Muslim the Muslim ban. Right, got it returned. Which that's that's kept us safe the last four years, right? Like, oh, <laughs> feel yeah. a lot safer, right? Than when that started, that was the problem. Well, we pretty much tried to shut down as much immigration as possible. So, like, it's hard to even like honestly. The Muslim ban that was like episode one. And I think like, the only I kind of forgot eat... that that was even yeah. an ongoing thing because of so much other shit. That the happened. only people yeah. that he wasn't like going after as far as trying to get some sort of like door shot on immigration was Europe. Yeah, the racist ass Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they are, but they're white. I assume they are. Um, <laughs> that's fucked up. I don't know, man. The Swiss are nice people. <laughs> <laughs> um. Executive order revising immigration enforcement policies and executive order undoing regulatory restrictions on federal agencies. He also uh, signed an executive order requiring face uh, mask wearing in all federal buildings. Should have been done in March of last year. Yeah, no shit. Um, let's see. In- Can you imagine how much different this whole year would have been if day one Trump would have just worn a mask at yeah. his yeah his if he would have made that pressers. his stand, no shit like, at just his yeah. pressers if he would have wore a mask then if QAnon would have taken the fight of you guys need to wear masks you idiots like yeah. they're the it's all part of the plan like the Clintons his, released a virus and it's his, trying to kill you him not <laughs> like, wearing a mask pa- passed his ego on to all of his supporters yep yeah. and you saw it every time there was a fight in front of a Walmart yep. where a guy was refusing to wear a mask a bunch of, like yeah. we Bruce Willis like it the fuck out of this yeah. <laughs> Whole Foods it made Karen an adjective <laughs> like yeah. you know um executive order banning discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation uh Executive order refocusing the basically canceling the Keystone Pipeline. Um, I've heard a lot of guff about Keystone Pipeline, but you know, it wasn't one, it wasn't even finished. The, the biggest argument was, oh, well, watch gas prices go up. Like they started going up in the last three weeks of Trump's presidency, right? It has nothing to do with the presidency, it never has. It never has. If you want to make a 
like and a lot of people are saying, oh, it's going to go back to Obama p- gas right. prices. Obama's gas prices were lower than were Bush's. Lower, yeah. yeah, and I hate this argument too. It like, was almost five bucks a gallon at one point in I, 2008. Yeah. I also resent this argument that I'm going to be shamed into voting based on financial decision. Bitch, I've been poor my entire fucking life. You really think I care about paying four bucks for a tank of gas versus two? It's just as damning to me to pay two. The thing for me like, that sucks is like a long time ago, at least eight to ten years ago, like I realized, I understood why the the gas and the presidency are not connected. And so ever since then, like... It's any, all set by OPEC, man. Right. Anytime somebody... And anytime somebody brings that up, I just am like, I don't care about this conversation. Like, I'm like, not going to argue with this with that you. Pipeline, like, it's stupid. It's that made pipeline up. was going to be bringing oil from Canada to the U.S. The, ma- the, the Dakotas are still open. Texas is still open. The majority, Alaska is still open. Yeah, but they didn't. The Gulf Trump of Mexico opened, is still open. Right. The majority. We're, we have a ton of oil in like domestic sources coming in still. Right. We didn't really give anything up. The majority of jobs that it cost to, weren't they on the Canadian side of the border? Well, I think, there, there's um, some truth to that, but the um, those that were American, it was less than 100 people were the only people that had permanent positions. Yeah, Everything else was were, contract until the job was done, yeah, right. which was actually pretty close to nearing completion. Right. So those people would have been looking for jobs anyway in like four months. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it To me, it, it, you can't... Uh, I don't know. It's just a stupid argument that I for that. Like I'm not saying that. The funny thing about it is like the biggest finger that it stuck in somebody's eye was it in Trudeau's. You would think that right. they would all have been like, oh hey yeah, screw Trudeau. Right. <laughs> um, on day two, he passed some more executive orders uh, promoting COVID-19 safety in domestic and international travel. So people are required to wear masks and in international travel. Um, expanding access an eo on expanding access uh to covid-19 treatments a lot of covid-19 six covid-19 or i'm sorry yeah and some of them are sorely needed like they're promoting the data driven like response to covid-19 and even just like sharing the data more because a lot of data was like disappearing from and uh the trump government websites because they didn't want it to look right. bad um strengthening the public health supply chain he signed one on COVID 19 health equity task force um on day three he he signed executive orders to expand food assistance programs um executive order to assist veterans with debt so these are basically that he started expanding. Uh, guaranteeing unemployment for workers who refuse to work because of COVID nineteen, right? Uh, which that got a lot of flack, saying that now, like, oh, now that you can just decide you don't want to work because of this pandemic, you'll never have to go back to work, right? All which that I goes away when the pandemic goes away, right? Yeah, if it's we not ju- forever, yeah. If we you just freaking haters, if we, and it's also like, yes, some people are going to scam the system. That is the price you pay it with the social matter, safety net. It doesn't matter what systems in place. People exactly, are scam it a hundred percent. Someone's yeah. oh, that cannot be the reason you do don't do something is yeah. because someone's going to misuse it, right? Like people are going to die from car wrecks. We're, we still drive cars because it, it the. The cost and benefit. What's so funny? The benefit outweighs the cost. Is the same people that for four years have been uh, the same people who forever have been using that argument of people are going to scam the system. That's why we shouldn't do the system. Or have for the last four years been like, well, of course he took 
tax loophole yeah. advantage. Like, of yeah. course, wouldn't why would you? Why wouldn't you? Like, nothing you, to see here, dude. Yeah. Fuck off. Um, he also signed executive orders to end the uh, the DOJ's involvement with privatized uh, prisons. Boom! That is huge. That is huge. That's yeah. fucking massive. That's uh, great. Like he did a lot of good things in his first week. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be I so, think they so can many, go like victimless crime stuff that's gonna go out the window. Yeah, yeah. I think if he can actually pull that off, that would be I think the biggest thing he could do with his tenure because. Like, it's easy to say, like, I want to bring drug prices down. It's a lot harder to go up against the lobbyists right. and the corporations that, that make have a vested interest in th- things but, continuing the way they've been. But if you can say the government's not going to subsidize your subsidize yeah. your fucking and bas- you basically it, corporate prison, like... Yeah, so I, I hope... I just... They're not going to go quietly. They're not going to go without a fight because there's too much money for them to make right. keeping us in prison, you know... I that is I huge. hope that he fucking is successful. That's the thing I'm I'm giving like I'm praying the most for just like please do something about this. Yeah. Yeah, I really do hope that 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 sticks and that they are um successful at I would rather see it written into legislation though or even better yet an, an amendment to the constitution well, about, you know. What would be nice is if Jim is right and if the Democrats do hold momentum into 2022, it would be nice if they could pick up a couple of seats in swing states so that you could have the majority at like 54 or 55, yeah. something like that to where it would be like I think it would be ultimately a good thing uh because it would turn up the heat on republicans like look you have to talk to everybody yeah, you can't just hit your base yeah you yeah. gotta stop the, yeah you gotta Trump stop prove the that you have to bring in people you yeah. have to get people to support you and it's what's that, uh, crazy is leslie nope thing are you better off than you were four years ago people that don't like you or didn't vote for you have to be able to say yes right and trump didn't get anybody to say they were better right. off than they were when he started right Yep. Like even his own people admit that, like, uh, even if you think the election was stolen, we're worse off than we were. Right. Like, in no way did he better yeah. us. No, not at all. So, I don't know. Um, all Biden has to do is just not stumble. Just yeah, really. Just keep just keep running toward the finish line. Don't have to get there. You just got to keep going. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's Instead a good of sitting down on the curb like Trump did. It's a good start. So we'll see. So I mentioned last time, and I've been dropping Easter eggs uh, along the way, um, that the schedule for TDAP is going to change a little bit and that we've got a new project that we are working on. And I should have used that as my high point, but instead I decided that I will... you got to uh, keep them on the hook a little longer. Yeah, right? Um, so I'm really excited to announce that we will have a new podcast that we are going to be dropping in February um and we uh it's called un-american um it, we really kind of felt like now because of the insurrection and because of the 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 division um and really just like the misinformation and the way that like the sides try to play each other and manipulate the bases and whatever um it seems like a good time to kind of take a look at what that what that means, what un-American means. Um, I also said after the insur- after the insurrection attempt, um, the attempted coup, that I'd like I want to make it a point to talk about the the leadership 
the people in leadership, the people in the media, the the people that online um, anybody that has been out for themselves, yeah, that helped perpetuate this, and not just in the sense of hey, who was part of the 2020 big lie thing? There is a culture in the in the media and um, and in politics that makes people divided and makes people. Uh, makes the two sides yeah. hate each other so much and, you know, and and i want to i think it's time to take a look at them um and to, there's gonna be some surprises yeah there definitely will and we're going after everybody there's no no partisanship here but i do but i do want to make it a point to and i said like through 2021 i want to or before the 2022 election I want to make sure that every single name of every person that voted to overturn the will of the people is said. Like I, I want because I think, and I've said it before that like people like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, they get a lot of flack for what happened um, on January sixth, as they should. But they should get as much flack as the a hundred, the one hundred and forty-seven. House Republicans yeah. that voted against it, like it's all the same lie. And these yep. people were on Twitter telling people that, like, oh, this is being stolen from us. And so, like, anyway, the point I don't think is going to be solely just who was part of the 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 congressional like act of. of no, the, that was definitely the inspiration, the impetus of us starting this. So I think it's right. something we're going to hit early on. But I think eventually we're going to try to just hit anybody that we think is. I, I just think there's a detrimental to yeah there what well, we believe America is which is supposed yeah. to be like there is supposed to be truth and you're not supposed to bullshit people which is what we see all too often right so as that relates to TDAP uh, the plan probably moving forward is to do one TDAP episode a month probably for now um, as we kind of go down this road with un American um, the, there is uh, feed up right now on spotify i don't know if it has hit itunes yet it's been it's we're in the process um but you know the as far as the schedule will go that the plan is hopefully to do those weekly um so we'll see we'll see how that goes um anyway until the next time you can find us on Spotify and iTunes and wherever podcasts are found. You can find us at TDAP Dark uh, on Twitter, and we have a Facebook page. And let's see, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Review, yes, yeah. review. We'll be back at the end of February, and uh, not well, yeah, at the end of February. Yeah, we'll be back in February. In February, sometime. Fucking hold my feet to the fire here, right? <laughs> Um, Don't put a hard date. Right. And since we have... Give them that cable company window. Since we have a new administration and hopefully less lies, I guess we can now drop the alternative fact of the week. And and I'm lucky that I've announced a new show now, so I don't have to think of a new segment name until the next episode. (laughs) So until next time, here is the Un-American trailer. They were like death. An un-American... Un-American. Somebody said treasonous. I mean, yeah, I guess why not? You are now the epitome of what un-American is. You are a guy who is going to hold up the process to make people doubt the process when you know that the process was legit, 
so yeah. that you can run next time. Up until this point, he was just pure narcissism under the the false flag of Americanism. Right. Like he's trying to be the most patriotic guy you can ever possibly Fake patriot. be. patriot, yeah. And then always just for himself, and then here it is. This is the point that should absolutely show you that he does not care about America. Well, and what's even slimier to me is that he didn't have the balls to be the first one. 